I'm glad we stayed with that song. I just about, I just about, we have a new song coming next week. And Eric was a bad influence on me last night. He said, he said, we should do the new song tomorrow. And Renee's like, what, what did you say? I felt like it was funny. It was like, he doesn't do that anymore. And I'm like, that was old me. That was the old me that like freaks everybody out before the lighting has been done and the LED wall has been done. What a great song that is just to kind of practice to heaven. Hey, um, I'm Pastor Corey. This is Pastor Aaron, if we haven't met yet. Um, we started the church about five years ago. I wasn't like to get applause. Thank you for applauding. We're just happy to be in the house of God. You know, we had a baptism service last week that was um, just incredible watching um, all those lives being adopted into God's family publicly. And um, we just love the work that God is uh, doing. Um, there's always warfare around baptism time. And so, uh, so thank you for praying for me. My health was struggling this week. Uh, my, did you hear the very last song of the baptism service? I lost my voice like, then I'm like, I guess I'm not singing up high anymore. Um, and so thank you for praying um, for me. Um, thank you prayer teams for praying for me as well. And if you didn't know I was sick, uh, join the prayer team because we actually pray for people and we go to warfare uh, for people. And so there's always kind of warfare around a baptism service because the enemy really, really hates that all the work he did in 20 lives last week was undone in one day. And so like years and years of work and years and years of work on their parents to mess them up too can be undone in one baptism service when God makes a new start for somebody. Come on, Venue Church, say amen. Um, this is our first ever Legacy Sunday, Vision Sunday that we've ever done at Venue Church. I don't know, maybe we're just slow. Um, we did like a first Wednesday um, when we were talking about the need of this building for the city, as you can see what God has done uh, because of a faithful people rose up and built this building and seeing what God has done uh, here. We baptized 58 people this year because a group of people said we could do, we could build God a house for a five-year-old church. That's unheard of. Thank you for your generosity, but there's a whole new crew of people in here that, you know, I got to say, you come in here and you're like, well, this is already built for me. I'm a little jealous. And I'm like, good. Because God wants you to do something for the next harvest that comes in here. And you're going to have a part of that today. I'm just going to tell you kind of the financial stuff of the church, report what's, what's gone on this year a little bit, and just give you an opportunity. If you come from church, you're like, he's talking about money in church? Yeah, it's I'm business, so let's uh, let's talk about some of that. I want to um, give you an opportunity to get involved. Um, we're raising money really for two things right now, just to finish this building off, um, to buy a sound system and to buy a chair for somebody. And I would love for you to buy a $90 chair for somebody. I wish we could do them for cheaper, but there is no chairs in the world that you can get for church for cheaper other than these ones. <laughs> and I know some of you are like, we don't care about chairs. I personally don't care about the chairs at all because I never sit down. So, well, you don't get to be up here and you got to sit in those chairs. I know we bought them for when we moved over there. They were about, they're about a $20 chair right now. But um, anyways, I want you to buy a chair for somebody today or just think about it. And this is all we're asking, like, just pray and do whatever God tells you to do. Like, it's his resources. And, and, uh, but God wants you to, to get involved in what he's doing um, at, at the church here. And so I would love for you to, like, have a chair that's kind of your chair or a bunch of them. And then somebody comes to church and they sit down there and you just walk over and you're like, you're sitting in my chair. 
I bought this chair for you. I want you to cry today. I want you to weep in joy. I want you to give your life to Jesus. And I want to be your best friend. Because you're sitting in the chair that I bought for you, and I'm so, I've been waiting for you. When people come in here, for the, you might be here for the first time. I hope that you felt like, hey, we bought that chair for you. We're glad you're here. We've been waiting. We've been watching for you. And uh, next week, I have a treat for you. Pastor Anthony Greco from CLC in Calgary is coming to preach here. Pastor Anthony is like the Italian version of me. So he's going to come here and act like he's going to be all shocking. But I'm like, they're already shocked. There's nothing you can do. And so uh, Pastor Anthony is one of our great friends in ministry. And uh, he's going to be uh, rocking the stage next week. So, um, But today's, you know, it's just a day where we just, we're just going to do like a heart for the house and say like, hey, what we're doing um, for the name of the Lord here, like this is God's house. You can already see what we're doing. So some churches, you know, I, I hate campy fundraising stuff. This is not that. Um, and before you got here, like, we had this, right? We were doing church. And so it's like, hey, we're not, we don't need this to pay the heating bill. We're doing okay, because mostly because we're really good with resources of the Lord. But the other side is, what could God do if we poured some gasoline on the fire? You can actually increase the timeline of God and get people here that we might not be able to reach if we don't pour some gas in the fire. And so uh, we just want to have the opportunity to do that. You know, a legacy offering and a legacy thinking is not just living day to day. It's thinking about the next generation and those who are to come and those who aren't here yet. And what legacy in my life, when I prepare a Christmas gift for the Lord, as Jesus was to us, what it does is it puts me on the train tracks where God's move is coming to this city and this province and this nation. I am sick and tired of us being like a post-church nation. I want to be like a pre-church nation. I want to be like, oh, no, something's coming. And, and I've told the Lord, like, look, you're doing it in Airdrie. So this is how demanding I am with the Lord. I'm like, you're doing it in Airdrie. I'm bringing a gift, and the train is coming through town, and I'm on the tracks. So kill me or use me. But I'm getting on that. <laughs> I'm going to be all over that train one way or the other. Come on, say amen, Mini Church. Okay. Um, and some of the people have been asking me, and because you're you, I already, we've already had a bunch of offerings come in already. And so how much? $28,000 has already come in. Because you're you and you're disobedient and you wouldn't wait for the offering. So, um, we were out with Jason and Melissa the other day. Do you know that they have uh, vegan restaurants now? <laughs> when I'm making fun of vegetarians and healthy people, if you guys need to get healthy, you need to talk to Melissa, by the way. But uh, we went out for dinner with them and we went to one of these vegan restaurants where they serve what food eats. And I told them, and I, t I told the wait waitress, I'm like, just trick me. Just tell me, it's, just tell me it's a beef burrito. And she did, and I ate it, and it was good. Do we have a picture of this? That's me. That's fake. I don't know what that is. It's yucca. I'm not even sure what it was, but it was delicious. All right, the Lord is working on my heart. Uh, it's funny, though. Jason leans across the table. You know what he says to me? He's like, so what's next for Venya? Like, what can we do? Because the church was here before they got here, and we were talking about the miracle that God, somebody like Jason complete to church, everybody. The miracle in eternity that God has worked in their lives in this church. And it was here when they got here, but what they did was they helped us build this. And what are you going to help us build to reach the next person? Thanks, Sean. Um, 
I'm all fired up. You're here because of two reasons. Jesus' incredible sacrifice and somebody else saw you before you got here. Somebody else had the faith to build a path that would ease your path into the family of God and into the house of God. We baptized 20 souls last weekend. Somebody besides Jesus saw them. That was you. You saw them before they got here. You, you, you created a path. You tried to ease the, you helped them climb the mountain to meet Jesus. And um, you became their, you know, they are now part of your legacy. This church, this house, has so many miracle stories and so many legacy stories. Can I tell you one today that's like one of my favorite ones? Uh, do you guys know who Joe and Cassie, um, Joe and Cassie are? So Cassie was a single mom in my dad's church uh, in the small town that we came from. And, and, um, and so she was a single mom there. Uh, I remember the time that... Oh, my goodness. If I get emotional today, you all better cry with me because I hate bleeding and crying. Somebody in the first service came up and gave me a Kleenex, and I'm like, I'm the, I'm the one who does the Kleenexes. You don't, <laughs> don't give me. A what we're doing matters, and I hope you can feel it. A life saved is worth everything. I don't need to meet your brother. I'd give everything I have for him. Because we feel something. We feel the way that Jesus, hopefully we feel the way that Jesus feels about people. And um, let me just tell you, read what Joe was telling me about Mia. His daughter Mia had a rare disease called neurofibromatosis. I don't know if you know what that is. Extremely rare, but her body produced tumors that would show up near blood sources. Her first surgery happened at the age of six. By the time she was eight, she'd had 70. Seven zero. Just hold on. This is what the enemy is doing in the world today of sickness and disease and fear. And She was such a heavily medicated little girl that she had a pick line in her arm for uh, easier medication. And the meds kind of made her a bit crazy and she would have outbursts and, and, and be cruel. And um, Joe said there were many times she begged for no more, no more needles, needles and, uh, but he had to watch them, them keep putting needles in his girl. And... Um, for over a year, she wasn't allowed outside or swimming or any activity that could get her dirty. And she would sleep all the time. And three years ago, uh, Mia was brought to the prayer team at Venue Church. She had three uh, new tumors in her brain. Uh, she received prayer, and the tumors died. No, hold on, hold on. She went from checkups every six days to checkups every month, then to every six months, then to every year, and now to every three years. It's been three years, no tumors, no more surgeries, and these tumors weren't classified technically as there were still tumors as cancer, but she was given a cancer-free report October 20th of this year. And people are like, it takes faith to believe in God. I think it takes faith to believe in a world without God. There's something that God wants to do in the house today. There's something. Listen, you can't buy a miracle. You can't buy a miracle. You can't buy what you need, what your family needs right now. You can't buy that miracle. But you can build a landing pad for one. You know, here's what I was thinking about that whole scenario with Joe's daughter. Does Mia, does Mia get healed if there's no prayer team to pray for her? Because it's not just the sovereignty of God, because the scriptures say God is willing that none should perish, but that all should have eternal life. So why isn't everybody saved? Because in this earth, he gave the earth to 
Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve turned it over and gave it to the devil. Jesus is sent down, builds the church, and he is redeeming the world through the church, through you. Now, if there's no prayer team, if Joe doesn't get invited to church by Cassie, a single mom, I prayed for Cassie. I was there when her marriage fell apart and her husband uh, wanted to be part of the family, but he kept doing stuff. And he came over. Cassie's like, I, Pastor, I can't, he can't be a part of our lives, her and her daughter Jess. I prayed for a, a dad for Jess for years after this. He came over to my house and I'm like, let it go. Because they're daughters of God and they need more than what you're doing. You can't do what you're doing. You can't do what you're doing and treat people like that. And, uh, and then for years, I prayed for a, a dad for Jess. Does Joe get saved if there's no venue church? Did, did they get married if nobody prepared a path? All the things that God wanted to do. Does that happen if Cassie's not faithfully giving in church and living a life that pleases the Lord? Does Jess get a dad if somebody saw you before you got here and paid something? Not just Jesus. Come on, give me some feedback, Venue Church. I, like, I know we're feeling it. Hide it with clapping. You can't buy a miracle, but you can build a landing pad for one. God is waiting for you to trigger heaven. Now, God rarely does what only he can do until you do what only you can do. There's just something about, you have to understand that. All the praying that we do, it, you're asking God to do what only he can do, but he'll rarely do that until you do what only you can do. That's why we tell the prayer team, when you go, somebody needs to be healed of something today. Somebody has broken hearted. You need to go get healed. Go get to the prayer team. The, we'll speak the words of the Lord to you, but I told the prayer team, you have to give them something to do because God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. I've been racking my brains in Scripture. Is there any miracle that happened without a seed that was sown by a human? The jar of oil didn't run out, and the flour, so she, the girl, the lady wouldn't have to sell her kids into slavery, but she had to make a little piece of bread for the prophet first. Moses had to stretch out his rod and speak to the sea before it would. Every miracle. I'm looking at every miracle, and I'm like, there's a human factor in there. There's a human factor in there. What we do matters. God might be waiting for us, church. And what, what he's done through this church so far has been nothing short of miraculous. But what if it's just the tip of the iceberg? What if it's just the... Jesus soon saw a, crowd, a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. So when you pray, pray in faith, because God already knows what he wants to do. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for everybody that you love that's not doing well right now, that's far from God. 
Jesus already knows what he wants to do. But he did this testing Philip. Oh, this is weird because we don't believe in a Jesus who would actually test us with stuff. Because in our school systems now, they don't even take tests. And <laughs> he's like, participation, you showed up because you're legally required to go to school. Congratulations, everybody. Back when I was a kid, you got awards for doing stuff. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> he seems angry at the school system. Okay. <laughs> Philip replied. Okay. Remember what Jesus asked him? Hey, Philip, where can we buy bread? Like, Philip, where's the bread? Now, when Jesus asks you a question, please don't make up another question and answer that. Also, if you talk to me, don't do that. It drives me crazy. If I'm asking a question, I kind of want the answer to that question. And Philip says this. Philip says, um, even, even if we worked for, like, months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them all. So Jesus is like, hey, Philip, where can we get bread? Where's bread, Philip? And Philip's like, you know, God, I'd have to work, and this is translated like, I'd have to work 200 days of labor to pay for all of these people because there was 5,000 men there plus women and children. He goes, I'd, I'd need like 50 or 60 grand. I'd, I'd have to work for 200 days, Jesus. And Jesus is like, can you just... Jesus is like, I wanted to pay. I'm not, I don't care how long it would take you to figure this out. I'm just asking if you want to go look for some bread. You know, you want to do the math? Listen, get... Get Phillips in your life, get them to do your taxes, because you don't want to go to jail, right? So like, that's good. But Mike, you need a dreamer in your life, too, because Andrew says, um, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Um, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but then he's like, ah, but then he's looking at the crowd, and he's like, but, you know, like five little loaves and two fish and like 15,000 people. He's like, well, yeah, but like. You know, you're going to have to chop that up pretty. <laughs> and here's your portion. I don't feel like there's anything. No, there's there. Let's just pretend. Tell everyone to sit down. You know the end of the story if you grew up in Sunday school. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Can you imagine being there? I know that you think you're smart and practical, and you're like, what is he doing? And these five tiny little. You know, that boy reaped a spiritual harvest that day that nobody else in the crowd did. And I got to ask, like, how many women we got in the house today? Put your hand up. It's not a trick question at all. <laughs> I know it's getting tricky out in the world, but it's not that tricky, guys. All right. So you guys know that guys are dumb, right? So I think about eating about 10 minutes after I'm real hungry. Then I'm like, oh, my goodness, I need a lunch. Now, because Pastor Aaron is smart, we traveled to Ireland one time, and, and we didn't, she didn't pack snacks, and I was, like, angry the whole time. Because, guys, girls, if you don't pack snacks for us, we're going to die of stupidity and hunger. <laughs> we bring a lot to the table, but we will die of stupidity and hunger. That's, we also bring that. And I'm thinking to myself, 5,000 men, including disciples, and nobody's wife packed them a lunch? <laughs> Everybody's wife woke up and mom woke up that morning. We're like, oh, they've evolved. They're going to think about it. They're probably in the fridge right now making the sandwich. One little boy gave up something 
And Jesus blessed and broke it and fed 15,000 people. And the boy got more than his lunch, too. Everyone got more than they could eat. And you're worried, like, oh, wait, if I buy a chair, then I'm not going to be able to buy Christmas gifts. And Jesus is like, like I, I make $15 an hour. I make $30 an hour. That would be like how many hours? And Jesus is like, oh, my goodness. I want to pay for the miracle. I just need a couple of fish. But if there's no fish, maybe there's no miracle. Now, you gotta, you got to pick whether you want to be Philip in this scenario or whether you want to be Andrew. And so one time when I was in Los Angeles, when I was a little boy, I was maybe about seven, um, I was reading the story of, of the prophet telling Naaman, the Syrian, to dip in the Jordan River seven times and be healed of leprosy. Do you remember that? And I told my mom, I'm like, Mom, fill up the tub. I'm getting healed of chicken pox because I had chicken pox. Do we do chicken pox parties anymore? We used to do chicken pox parties. Like, hey, we're, we're doing it. Just everybody bring your kids over. Let's do it. Am I freaking you out? There's a whole world out there, millennials, that you weren't a part of, where our parents weren't helicopter parents. They were like, you fly the helicopter. <laughs> you love it. Fill up the tub, Mom. And my mom started to be Philip. She started, she's going to open her mouth and be all responsible and tell me, like, baby, that, that was a, in the Bible. That doesn't mean that's going to happen to you. And you're going to get healed of chicken pox. And the Lord said to her, Beth, be quiet. I'll honor his faith. And she chose to be Andrew, and she just walked over and looked for the bread and just found some fish and just turned the tub on. And she hears a commotion. Tub's filled. I go in there. I was a skinny little white kid in L.A., I'm still skinny, shut up. <laughs> and she heard this commotion like, ma, 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 ma. She goes, I open the door, you're standing there, stark naked seven-year-old kid, like, look, look, and the chicken pox are disappearing off my body as she's watching. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of faith, but God doesn't respond to need, he responds to faith. And if I hadn't asked her to fill the tub and she didn't fill the tub, maybe there's no miracle, obviously. Jesus already knew what he wanted to do. I'm trying to build your faith a little bit today. I think you stopped asking, and I don't think you should have stopped asking to get healed of those things that I have watched girls who were broken when they were young as soldiers of Jesus now that can't be stopped. I am sick and tired of the enemy's work in your life stopping you from the miracle of the Lord happening in your life. But I have to show you it's not need that God responds to his faith. This is how we're going to get involved. This is what we're going to do. So, so my daughter Arwen, Pastor Aaron says, I, I got to get moving here. Pastor Aaron says to me, because we're going to take up an offering today, just pray about it, go home, pray about it, do whatever the Lord tells you to do. But my daughter Arwen is in Substance Church right now, my Pastor Peter's church. And they just did hard for the house. And he, Pastor Aaron says, do you know how much she's planning on giving? And I'm like, no. And uh, she tells me, I'm going to brag on my daughter a little bit. You okay? And it's like a few thousand to each place. And I'm like, she's 20 years old and she works at a daycare. And right now she's not working. She's spending money to be there. And uh, I'm buying her room and board, so don't think I'm a bad parent. And I'm like, how much? She tells me, it's like a few thousand each. I'm like, 
there goes my offering. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get beat up by a girl. <laughs> Heck no. So I, you know, I did the Philip thing, and I called her, and I'm like, baby, like a third of that would be lots. It would be so generous to the Lord. It would be so generous to the Lord. I'm not telling you, and I'm just telling you, which God told her. I'm like, it would be lots. It would be so much more than, like, I know you got expenses, and I know, like, I'm just trying to be dad, right? And I'm like, but then I made the mistake of just being a Christian and saying, but do whatever God tells you to do. And tell me tomorrow. So we actually went down to Minneapolis last week, and she's like, Dad, I, I decided I'm going to give it all. And I'm like, okay. It's funny, she had, she had a panic attack. She's like, oh, i got to buy everybody Christmas gifts, and it's going to cost this number. She had this number in her head. It's going to cost this number, and I don't know if I'm going to have enough if I do all this. Well, after she said that, the next day, one of you gave her that exact number to buy Christmas gifts. We don't know that. God's just like, I got, I got you. You know, my daughter Arwen, when our marriage fell off the rails and we planted this church here, you know, you got to believe that we tried to shelter her, but man, uh, it, it bled into her. You know, my th other three were kind of more sheltered from that, but she, she, she knows she knows that we shouldn't have a family right now. She knows where we were headed. And I think part of this is a response just to the miracle that God worked in our family. I'm not saying every family worked out, but ours was not working out. And she knows, she knows that mom and dad are together and that God worked a miracle. And there's nothing that God couldn't ask. You can't buy a miracle, but you can build a landing pad for one. You know, Caplet leans over and he says to me, Jay says, like, during the baptisms last week, as lives are being changed, and he says, you should be really proud of what you've built here. And he told me a couple of times, because I'm not good at taking compliments. And my only response in my heart is like, this church saved my family, too. What else could we do? What else could we do but pass the blessing of the Lord on? What else could we do but know with a surety in our hearts that if God saved us from our sins, that he could save the next one and that he wants to save the next one. And he already knows what he wants to do. But we have to have eyes of faith that can see people before they even get here. You know, when we came here, we, we came for... Um, I still have that Kleenex. <laughs> My dad's congregation paid their church, church building off, and after expenses when we, we closed that church and we came here, after expenses, we had about $400,000. Church plants cost money. It took us about two years to get solvent because we do church right. And it costs you got to buy a bunch of equipment and trailers and music stuff and uh, $400,000 when the average uh, cost of a home in Airdrie right now is $490,000, which means young people. I don't know how you're going to afford homes unless you go to Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, which we're starting here in, in uh, January. So get your finances blessed by the Lord, and, and uh, the Lord will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And so we came with about $400,000 when we came here. 
and uh, just over five years ago now, and we started doing church right. It took about two years to get solvent, and then because I'm me and I'm paranoid, we just started stockpiling a little bit, and we always run as lean as we can, like dollar for dollar every month. We run as lean as we can in the budget. There was only two full-time staff until last year. Maybe you don't know this. And, uh, and uh, where am I going with all of this? I'm just trying to, like, for the cost of, less than the cost of one of our houses, I think as, as an investment, look what the Lord has done. I would give my house for anybody that we baptized. I would give my house up for one salvation to come. If that's what it would cost to bring your brother to faith or your teenage son back to God. And I'm thinking, it's, it was just in our heart to do that. But, but the legacy from my dad's church was that we were able to start here with something so that we wouldn't have to struggle and struggle. And so we did it. And then in COVID, what I saw happen was that the generosity of this church caused the, the people of this church to flourish and prosper more than anybody in the city that I saw. And I saw people in the city. And then, and then we were saw, and then in the middle of COVID, I just felt like Pastor Anthony told me, you got to say thank you next week when he comes, because he told me a story about a, his pastor friend who came and said, and said, until you have a building, you're nothing, and the devil can get you out in a week. And all during COVID, I watched church plants go from like 3,000 people to 700 people, 1,000 people, a friend of mine, to 150 people. One of them just packed up and moved to Florida. And I'm looking at some of the, and these were good churches. Because they lost their building. And all through COVID, I'm like, this is in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind. And we just kept stockpiling cash as the church and keeping our expenses as low as we could because we think that you do the work of the ministry. We don't think we do. I train you to do the work of the ministry because I can't get into your workplace, but you're already there. And why would I go and like hire people to do what you're doing and doing it so well? This is a, it's a workforce in the city. Anyways, um... Where am I going? Where do you think I'm going with all this? We rose up and, and we, at four and a half years, we, 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 the purchase went through of this building. At four and a half years, we, we purchased this property. I just want to let you know, we put 20% down to scrape up 20% cash in that time of COVID. Miracle, because of your generosity, because you're just like, hey, God use us. We want to be the miracle. And so, so we, we, this cost us um, about 10,000 square feet, cost us about 2.1 just for the building and another 435 for the, um, the build-out, and we put another 120000 nearly into, like we have this awesome LED wall for $25,000 for the cost of uh, 2014 Traverse. <laughs> Your kids get to, like, watch Alpha and come close to Jesus, and people get saved in front of it. Nobody's getting saved in front of your Chevy Traverse. And so the lighting that we've been able to do, but there's a couple things that we need to do, and the, one is the sound system. Uh, we came in with a sound system that was like maybe fifteen or twenty thousand, something like that. When we 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 um, uh, y'all gave and we when we came into footprints, but the the sound system is like super loud right in the middle and on the sides, and it's not really designed for this building. We have a sound system coming right now. That's a hundred thousand dollar sound system, and it is state of the art. Heaven will come down and people will be saved, and so. So we just want to finish this building off if we could. Now, here's the thing about that. If you don't love worship and you don't love worshiping Jesus with great sound, um, we're also, we also just developed a new kid space with Alavanca next door. Um, for about 1000 bucks a month, we can get in there, which is awesome. We've had to, within a calendar year, expand our kid spaces. So that was about $1,500 there 
chairs are $90. That's really what we're, that was $1,500 for the sound and lighting for the kids' space. If you go into the big gym and they have like a laser light, they have a laser light before we bought this laser light. The kids had one. Anyways, um, where am I going with all this? But I asked, I asked you, and I thought, you know, God, if we could raise $100,000 with our congregation extra just to pay for some of the equipment in the building, and you gave $233,000, and I didn't even ask on a Sunday. I asked on a first Wednesday because you were eager to give. You were eager. Some of you weren't in part of the church plant, and you're like, I want to be part of the next thing. And so, um, you know, the city is lucky to have churches. Let me tell you why. Every dollar donated to a city, according to a HALO study uh, in New York, Toronto, big cities in, in Canada, every dollar donated to a local church, ready, get this, saves the city $4.70 because if they did what we do, it would cost them five to one. If they get, and they don't have Jesus. If you want to pay for the counseling that happens here, like as a byproduct of God just being in the house and you going to small group and getting involved in serving and the healing of hearts and the healing of physical conditions and And you get a tax break for it. Um, we just want to finish outfitting this building. Um, so some of you are asking, like, so what's my part? How do I get in on this? Uh, can we just put up that next slide? That's, like, for, like, up here. Uh, um, that's, it's whatever. We need to know your name because you can be like, hey, it's Eric, and I'm in for $47 million. Sign somebody else up if it works. Um, I'm okay. That's just a pledge. If you think that God is putting a number on your heart, or just take a picture of this, and as God speaks it to you, we're just saying, like, just do whatever God tells you. Um, and then uh, e-transfer e is the best to do as far as um, we don't have to give uh, f other fees away. It can all come to the house of the Lord. So anyways, um, I just want to kind of give you some of the updates of, of what we'd like to do, just finishing this building up. Now, um, I could get into more stuff here, but um, now $100 for somebody is a lot. $20 for somebody can be a lot. Um, 20000 for others is not. And I want to say, like, some of you have been blessed with, like, way too much money. <laughs> and we want to help you. <laughs> I don't want to neg negate a miracle because money will not buy a soul anywhere but in the house of the Lord. And what God wants to do with some of your resources is incredible. Because some of you on the business side of things are looking at what's been happening in the church and are like, okay, so if God did in the next calendar year what he did in the last calendar year, what are we going to do with the people? Because some of you, if you get to church late, you're going to be outside. Well, we can add services. We can, okay, there's the, the obvious things that we can do, but, but, if Jesus knows what he wants to do and he wants to feed 15,000, I don't want to feed 500. And I love you, but you might be the seed for... And some of you are like, what do we do? So here's the deal, here's the deal. If we don't build up cash in a, in a path of wisdom, we can't move and function because we have this building and that's great, but I can't put you in a hotel for a year while we build something bigger. You know what I mean? Like you can do that with your house, we can't do that with the house of God. We have to function, and the equity in this building means nothing to lenders as long as we're in it. Some of you are like, for the first time, we are starting to see how the world works, the finance. 
Some of you are like, so what's next? What do we do? I have some options. I've been talking to my pastor and to some pastor friends of mine. I'm not leaving anything on the table here for the devil. I'm not leaving anybody that you know on the table. We are going to give them an opportunity to live life with Jesus. And I'm not leaving anybody out here without an opportunity to do that. And so I just want you to know that that is the spirit of faith that we have. Come on up, worship team. Um, and so, um, so I'm not in a... Anyways, I, I could talk uh, more and more about that stuff, but I just want to invite you to, to if you would consider um, what we are considering as a family right now, because um, I have to outdo my daughter now. And so, but listen, none of what we have matters as far as our stuff. It doesn't matter because it never could buy us what we wanted anyways. And I want to, with our stuff, remind my family too that everything that we have comes from the Lord. And the Lord always gets back what we give anyways. And, and um, I just want you to consider that we've baptized 58 souls, 58 adoptions. Adoptions cost a bit of money. Thank you for doing that. Oh, there's so much more that God wants us to do. And there's so much more that he has planned to do. And I want you to get a vision of, of I want you to get a vision of a city that follows Jesus. Not just a people, a city that follows Jesus. I want this city to be the place of revival that starts in Alberta, and I want Alberta to lead the way with the rest of the nation. I want the rest of the nation to come here and say, what happened here? And I'm going to be like, we had Sundays like this Sunday. Because we saw a world that didn't exist yet. Because we've been with Jesus, and we know what he can do. Heavenly Father, we bless every single thing that you are doing in this city and in this province and in this nation. God, we are asking for the Lord to pour the gas on these matches that we light today. And Father, I pray that the Lord would put on every heart. I pray that the Lord would show us that our faith and our gift brings the miracles of heaven down unto the people that we love the most. And I pray that this church would rise up and be generous and look like Jesus. Father, give us more and more opportunities to be sacrificial, to carry our cross daily in the city, but Lord, resurrect our friends and our neighbors in the name of Jesus. Amen.